Good morning, everyone. Well, it's morning here, but it is Friday and that means it's podcast day. So I just want to welcome you to the Citizens Advisory Podcast presented by the Citizens Advisory of Pennsylvania. I am Jess Stalnecker, Executive Director, and today I am joined by a very special guest. You may know him, you may have seen him, you may have listened to his videos, but Simon Campbell is here with us today. Thank you so much, Simon, for being here. Um, I want to give you a proper introduction. <laughs> so for those of you who do not know or aren't familiar, um, Simon is a First Amendment activist, and um, he's a naturalized United States citizen, but he's originally from England, lives in Bucks County currently. Um, and in 2021, Simon ended up on the national news after a public comment he made at the Pensbury School District. Um, and it went viral. So he later sued the school district for censorship, won a $300,000 settlement, but his reward for prevailing in the lawsuit was a check for $17.91 in honor of the year the Bill of Rights was enacted. Um, Simon, this is a perfect follow-up from last week's episode where we kind of broke down 903 policies. So I'm so happy to have you here kind of telling your story about how that all went down um, at Pensbury. Well, thanks very much for having me, first of all. So it's a hello to everyone watching. And uh, yeah, I always like to make the joke that, you know, I come to America from England and then I have to sue American tyrants for violating the First Amendment rights of a British citizen. It's just not acceptable. OK, <laughs> so and, uh, you know, $17.91 I got for my trouble uh, in the lawsuit. In the, and like you said, in, in honor of the year, the Bill of Rights, the lawyers get all the money. Isn't it great that, you know. We, we, we put our names on, on court dockets and have to testify in federal court and they, they send you a check, but it's fine. I do it for the, I do it for the cause. And I think it's just very important that um, folks understand that when you're speaking to government, public comment, and in my case, the school board, or even if it's local, um, you know, township or municipality, we have rights. Yes. And these tyrants that sit on the other side of the table and think that they can control what we say, and that was the whole premise of the lawsuit. We had three other speakers ahead of me, four of us sued the school district that wanted to talk about critical race theory and some of the books that are in the classroom. And um, I was talking to a mom in the hallway prior to my public comment that went viral. And she said she was too intimidated to speak in front of her school board against these books and the curriculum because of the fact that the school board solicitors were screaming at people, you're done, be quiet, sit down, censoring. So by the time I got to the public comment podium, I was in a bad mood because of this mom had been silenced, right? So when the school solicitor starts trying to tell me things like you have to be quiet, you're not allowed to criticize the school board president. I had called her Benito Mussolini and um, he didn't like it. She didn't like it. And I'm like, it's my right to call the school board president Benito Mussolini. So I think folks have to remember that I know you've talked about the policy, these public comment policies in the last podcast. I don't care what any policy says. This is my philosophy on speaking at school board in front of government. If you as a citizen, you or any of us know our First Amendment rights, it doesn't matter what their ridiculous policy said. It's a mindset. You have to sit at the table and say, this is what I'm talking about. This is what I want to say. And you're going to listen to me. And if you don't like the criticism, I don't care. Right. So that's the number one most important thing for people to remember. Have the First Amendment attitude. That's so true. And I will tell you, Simon, that I have been that mom. I've been the mom who who's been too afraid 
to get up in front of the school board. And it wasn't until I started listening to you and to others and other school board, um, you know, other parents speaking up at school board meetings that I was like, really, like, these are our elected officials. Like they're there to serve us. They're public servants. Like, why am I afraid to approach them? You know? So I think that that intimidation was working on some parents, but I think over time when, you know, you realize that it really is your right to speak to them and to address them and to ask them questions, um, you know, then you kind of have a little leg of courage to stand on. At least that's how it was with me. Yeah. Well, I, I think that the more that, School board directors, far too many of them are very petty. They get in, it's like a little power trip for them. Oh, I'm a school board director. I have power. And too many folks, too many parents feel that they are powerless. And I think the most important thing, public comment is great. And in my school district, the school district records its um, public meetings so that you can, public comment gets recorded. But I always tell folks, if your district doesn't record the meetings, and I'm talking about public comment in particular, take your own video camera or have a friend come with you and videotape it because under the Sunshine Act, all citizens have a right to record what goes on at um, school board meetings. And it's great to catch them in the act of either ignoring you or, or in my case, trying to censor you uh, because what they want, these petty school board tyrants, is not to be questioned. And most importantly, they don't want it made public. So my attitude on getting change and reform, because I know we're going to talk about that, Number one thing, record it. Record yourself. Record the people you go to the meetings with. Record them. Point the camera at them. So if you ask a question and they say things like, this is public comment, we don't have to answer questions, which a lot of them do, mm-hmm. then you just like ask them the question anyway. Be, 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 be you know, disobedient. And then film them like not answering. And then put it on YouTube. Right. And, that, and, and that's the kind of thing that makes them crazy. But that's the kind of thing that gets results by holding public officials accountable that's when parents can have effect real change we need to change the dynamics so instead of being intimidated by them they're intimidated to about not serving us and i think that's key video cameras exactly we actually do encourage and, and we say this all the time because we get emails constantly you know our district is shutting us down we're not able to speak at meetings etc cetera, etc cetera. what should we do we're always like videotape it and send it to us um, because it's so much easier for us to actually see it, you know, happening and to have proof that it's happening and how it's happening. And then we can actually take action. But, um, yeah, the videotaping, we always encourage people to do that. Yeah. Because what happens is when, when someone, if you get one person that's badly treated, but it's video recorded and then it's put on YouTube or on any other social media forum, 10, 15, 20 people might see it, get really fed up. And then instead of being one person at the next meeting, there could be 10. And then 10 people are all showing up, giving them a hard time. And then you put that video online. And and that's how the dynamic changes, where we want these bad public officials to lie in fear of the public critiquing them. And and that's democracy in action, isn't it? It absolutely is. So I want to know, like, how did you decide and like what it was not just you, it was a group of parents, right, who went after Pensbury and were like, yeah, we're filing a lawsuit like this was ridiculous. how, How did you decide to do that? Well, in my mind, it was so blatant what they were doing. I mean, they were they were censoring um, speech based around content. They didn't like the speech that was being. Um, there was three other citizens and myself. Four of us filed the suit. 
Okay. And they just didn't like it. There was one guy was talking about critical race theory in these books. Another guy was just very, very sharply critical of them. Mm-hmm. And they had this ridiculous policy in place, this public comment policy, this 903, that, that basically allowed them to say things like we can um, uh, halt speech that we deem, quote, inappropriate. Well, as the federal judge noted in court, that's basically carte blanche to 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 sense of anything you like because if you can just say well we'll say we'll, we'll stop speech as inappropriate well what's that mean so we we decided we, we found a non-profit group the institute for free speech that represented as pro bono and, and they got paid on the back end through the uh, school district their insurance mm-hmm. uh, so that's how it came about and, and we were there really for the precedent we wanted the precedent set that this garbage 903 policy at Pensbury, which, by the way, I don't know if you covered this in the last podcast, that's a template. People don't realize that the Pennsylvania School Boards Association writes these policy templates, and it's not just 903, the public comment policy. They do it across the board. Yes. You go to any school district in Pennsylvania and you look up policies, they've all got the same numbers. They've all got, if not identical, very, very similar language because all these dopey school districts, 500 school districts, they buy these templates off PSBA because they, because they're lazy mm-hmm. and they don't. And then they basically implement them. Maybe there's a couple of minor tweaks. And so what we have in terms of public policy, it's not even being set by our elected officials. It's being set by a private corporation, PSBA. Right. And right. then these, then these school board directors just rubber stamp it. And so we wanted to destroy the 903 public comment template such that any other school district, not just Pensbury, where we where we won. I mean, you look at Pensbury's 903 today. It's it's good because there was a judge issued an injunction order against them. So they had to completely rewrite it in order right. to settle the case. Otherwise, we were going to take them to trial. I wanted a jury trial on them. I wanted those nine school board directors to face a jury for what they did. They settled it. And so now, you know, unfortunately, this is how bad it is. You would think PSB would send out a statewide alert, right, saying, oh, 903 got shredded in court at Pensby. You all need to change it so you don't get sued. No, nothing. Yeah. No, it's like 18 months later, not one word from PSBA in terms of a statewide alert. School districts still have it. I get calls all the time from people saying, oh, I went to my school board meeting and I was silent so they wouldn't let me say this because they've got a board policy. And I'm like, that policy was destroyed in court. Right. You know, and so folks need to understand PSBA. Yes, it's crazy because even my school board where I live still like they don't really follow it. They don't really like they're not super they're not tyrant ish in terms of like following by the letter, but they still want you to fill out a sheet um, with your, like your name and your address and what you're going to speak on. So that's compelled speech, which we know, but um, no one does it and they don't really make a fuss, but it's still there. And I'm like, this is, it's, it's so funny to me that these school boards are still just towing the line. And then we also realized that when the school boards are rewriting, rewriting their policies, just adopting PSBA new ones, right? Um, That they're starting to put public comment at meetings in the 000 section now. So I'm wondering if they're trying to skirt away from that 903 because it was destroyed in your court case um, and, you know, put it into a different policy number. So I just think that you're right. I mean, all of these school board members, half of them don't even know. They're, they get there, the policies are already written, right? And they're already adopted. They probably don't even know where they come from. 
Well, that's interesting. You know, I did serve uh, over 10 years ago as a school board director at Pensbury. And one time I was talking to the superintendent and I said, you know, I'd like to come out. I've got some ideas for a new policy. Yeah. And he looked at me like I was from Mars. He's like, oh, no, 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 no. That's not how we do things. No, no. There's a whole process for policy. And of course, what he was talking about was it all comes from PSBA. It goes to the administrators. The administrators call each other in different school districts. They all rubber stamp it and then they give it to the school board and say, please approve that. Right. So the idea of an elected official coming in and wanting to have a public policy debate about what our policy should be, you, you would think I was coming up with an idea from Mars. Like he, he just didn't get it. Right. And so that's the frightening thing about public education is we elect elected officials and we think, well, they debate and decide policy. No. <laughs> <laughs> and so people need this is why i always encourage people to make changes on school boards get elected fire psba the first thing that every reform school board should do is terminate the relationship they're a complete waste of money they're in it for themselves you know they're making millions of dollars from all of this all over pennsylvania right and that, that would be the number one reform and I, even even good school boards they they renew their membership and i'm like what are you doing what, like fire them <laughs> yeah, it, it's like, you know, they all kind of are in like, it's almost like they don't want to break away from the norm, right? They're all afraid to break away from the norm. But like, what's cute? how we've always done it? You know, right. you hear, yeah. oh, my, I hate that expression, the dumbest expression right. ever. Yes, exactly. So yeah, I mean, I think really, parents need to understand they are our elected officials, like we do hold the power, we just have to take it. So um, what kind of encouragement do you, you know, a lot of times every day we see like this doom and gloom kind of thing, like things are really falling fast. So what kind of encouragement, Simon, would you give parents like in today's situation in today's world? Like, I do think in a lot of ways, we are winning in the courts. Like we are in a lot of different issues. So what kind of encouragement do you have? I would say to parents, get active, go to the meetings, go with friends, take your video camera, do all the things we talked about, publish, profile, share, share with other groups that, you know, anytime we get these videos, we should all be sharing them. It yes. doesn't matter if you live in that district or not, because that's number one. And, and, and number two is understand that School board elections are low turnout, low voter turnout um, elections. People, tip, A lot of people don't vote. It's really important that everybody votes and votes in primary elections. Yeah. So school boards across file primary, a candidate can win outright in May in an already low turnout year because there's no presidential, no congressional races. And so I, I tell folks, number one, make sure you vote. Number two, make sure everyone you know votes. And number three, consider running for school board yourself. And if you don't, personally want to do it maybe find a friend or a colleague or a like-minded person who, who 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 would be interested and then gather a team of yourself and friends and volunteers and run for office people don't understand that school board elections are can be decided by as little as five votes and i'm not kidding we're yeah. talking about hundreds we're about hundreds of votes here so basic things like door knocking literature drops um and forget about the political parties in my experience they're a waste of time Yep. Just get, gathering like minds together mm -hmm. and, and, and getting behind some candidates. The number one reform is take over the school board. Yes. You know, run a slate at five or more rules the day. Yes. Uh, you know, the teachers union are very active in school board elections. All the teachers vote because they want to be able to negotiate with themselves at collective bargaining time. Right. Um, and the taxpayers often don't get a voice. So if you, I always tell folks if, to run for school board, you don't have to be a parent. If you're just a taxpayer fed up with your property taxes, 
run for school board. We yes. need fiscal responsibility put into these school districts. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. In my district, we just laid off 12 teachers. Um, the fiscal response, we, we raised taxes. We have, we, I mean, our taxes aren't terrible, but like we have nothing to show for it. Our building is falling apart. We just furloughed 12 teachers. So I'm like, what are like, what are you doing with our money? What are you well, doing? Well, and unfortunately the, the thing, the sad thing is something in most districts, about 70, 75% of the annual budget is in labor costs. Mm-hmm. salaries and benefits and the teachers union here we go again you know i mean i've been doing war with the teachers union for years they collectively bargain and cons- and what the end result is they consume massive amounts of money mm-hmm. and most teachers lovely people but they don't pay as much for the health care as the rest of us do right. they've got defined benefit uh, pension plans guaranteed for life mm-hmm. that school districts have to uh pay for and budget Right. set by the legislature. So a lot of school boards, particularly the more liberal school board directors, they get together with the teachers union collective bargaining. And it's like happy family time. Mm-hmm. They, they're giving away the farm. They've locked the school district in for the next, you know, three to five years on some ridiculous contract. And then they go, oh, well, we've got no money for the buildings. Or or, or to the point you made, Jessica, um, they're, they're furloughing teachers. Right. I, when, when I got elected at Pensioner, I was just like, we're not going to increase the teachers contract for three years. And that was my attitude. And of course, at the time I was told, oh, you'll, ne- you know, you'll never get elected. You can't go against the teachers union. Yes, you can. <laughs> There's more taxpayers than teachers. It's a numbers game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, <laughs> I was a teacher, a public school teacher for 18 years. And my husband's still a teacher, but I still agree with you. I feel like there has to be this like balance of fiscal responsibility. And those teachers unions are nothing more um, than political action committees. I mean, in terms of what we were what we were lobbied on as members of that union it was all political so much of it so um, yeah and, and and the horrible thing about the union is how it gets its money school districts have signed collective buying agreements where they deduct at source teachers union dues and pack money so our public payroll systems that we finance as taxpayers are in the business of collecting political money automatic deduction sent to the bank account of the union and i've always made the point uh, first of all we should make that illegal at the legislative le- level and i've been lobbying for that over the years but even at the local level school districts should sell, tell the teachers union collect your own flaming money because right. you know what if the union had to go to a cap in hand to its own teachers how many of them would say you know what how much is it i don't want to yeah. be paying this and what is it for and what's it for it, right. it, it, it's all it's all political money and we should not be in the business of helping the union collect political money we don't the nra doesn't have access to the public payroll system the bird watcher society of pennsylvania doesn't but the right. teachers union does right exactly so we need to we, we need to cut off the money yeah and i think you're absolutely right with this whole we've, we've actually seen this in our primaries Um, in some of the local school districts and some of the other school districts that we're working with or that we have people um, that are taking some action, um, that they really did get like their their slate of five like in the primary into their school board. So I am hopeful that that is really the way to go. Um, And, you know, again, just to reiterate, it's important for people to go to these meetings. I think a lot of times parents just kind of want to be like, in the background, just kind of take it for granted. Everything's going fine. My kid's doing well. I'm good. But <laughs> they really do need to be paying attention. And grandparents are great. Grandparents should be yes. good because 
because most grandparents, you know, they're, they're older school. A lot of have what I call traditional values, which is good. good. Uh, and, and grumpy grandparents are fantastic with video cameras at, at, at public school board meetings. So if you're a grandparent and you're fed up with what's going on, with your kids, your grandkids are being taught, go down to the school board meetings and be really grumpy with them and, and then put it on YouTube. Yes, yes. We'll help you. We'll help you put it on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy, my dog's barking. I'll be excited. Listen. Thank you so much. Is there anything else that you'd like to share before we end today's podcast? Yeah, I would just say just be just on an upbeat note. Just don't don't let them get you down. Uh, yep. We have the numbers. Taxpayers and parents is way more of us than there are, you know, folks, PSBA, PSEA. And so that just means getting active, getting getting others active, recording, running for school board or, or helping someone else run. And just um, in your local community, school board elections, I mean, you know, it's a small time affair. You can really have, you can do the door-to-door literature drops and really get people in power, our people, not their people. So I would encourage people to stay active and stay involved. Thank you so much. Can you tell everyone where they can find you? Your videos are great. I love watching. Mainly I'm on YouTube these days. You can go to, uh, what is it? YouTube.com forward slash Simon Campbell UK in honor of my... uh, British background. <laughs> yes. Um, well, you can also check us out um, on our website at citizensadvisorypa.com, on Facebook and on Twitter, Citizens Advisory of Pennsylvania, of PA, sorry. And if you loved today's episode and this interview as much as I did, don't forget to like, subscribe and share. And Simon, if you want to put this up on your YouTube or share it, you know, we've got that. Um, we can we can get it to you too. Yeah, please do. I look forward right. to it. Great. Thank you so much. Um, We wish everyone a really great weekend and don't forget, stay involved. Thanks, Simon.